Hi everyone and welcome to episode 135 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. You've returned for a wait. Yeah, I know, I know. I was just like, no, I have to take care of Ali last episode, but I'm back. I am back with a brand new mission. Have you played World of Final Fantasy yet? No. Yeah, people are asking. I know. I'm sorry. I haven't yet. I haven't had time, to be honest. I mean, everything is going crazy at the moment with Final Fantasy 15 and Ali. And on top of that, I'm doing like infographics. I just have so much stuff going on. We're moving as well. Like, it's just crazy at the moment. But I will get to it at some point. I will. I swear. I swear. It's okay. I know. I've played it enough for both of us. Yeah, you have. And you've showed me little bits, but that's not playing. I have it's to not. play. So I will get to it at some point, but but this is not that time. No. But yeah, this episode's going to be somewhat different from a normal episode. I think because Final Fantasy Fifteen is just around the corner, we thought it would be a good time to kind of more have a reflection episode and just uh, talk about, you know, how we felt about the whole Final Fantasy fifteen life cycle, how our lives have changed during that 10-year cycle. Thinking about um, their life choices. Yeah. It's, I mean... Choices. We're actually, I guess in some ways, it was inspired by Square Enix's legacy campaign. Mm. Um, but it's not going to be a full legacy. We're just going to be talking about Final Fantasy fifteen. It'll just be a partial legacy. Yeah, partial legacy. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have actually thought about recording more, like, long-term personal how we got into Final Fantasy and I mean I could talk for ages about the stuff that being into Final Fantasy has afforded me like with regards to well I mean trade you had about and... 130 hours worth of Final Fantasy Union podcast where you probably more than that yeah. actually yeah so you have talked quite a fair bit yeah but I don't know if I've ever gone in depth about it in depth I mean ever I mean how many people have had our situation it's like nah not a lot not many um so yeah we've we feel we've had a prequel journey and uh we want to share that with you guys this episode uh for you new folks who are listening for the first time final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom arts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom arts union i'm gonna come on the itunes store as well as finalfantasyunion.com we're now going to move on to our Patreon section. Thank you to everyone who's supporting us. Thank you, guys. We're now going to read out everyone who has placed $2.50 or above. So starting with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Christian Burge. Louis James. Satria Jayasudama at Satria 65 Ruben. Skylar Loveless. William Trengrove at Varnas Dirkshire. Chris Morales. Jonathan Gonzalez. Eric Decker at Chalklu Taco. Harley Crawley at DarkZT Okami. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Grimm. Mario Herker. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Namejin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Jason Rivera at Neo Archdaic. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Chris Russell at The Ninja Max. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack95. Rachel Casterton at Herbie Young Ray. Fatanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Uh, Zelda clone at Apes Type Novels. Yay, thanks everyone. Yay, thank you. So yeah, as I mentioned, this episode is going to be um, 
kind of us talking about Final Fantasy 15 and I guess the history of our following of the game, how things have changed in our lives over that time period. Oh God, we basically so much have no plan for this. No. Um, normally we'd have some kind of outline that's going to roughly prompt our discussion topics, but for this episode, we're we're pretty much free rolling. Free balling. Yep. Right. Thanks, cool. Lauren. You're making this really awkward. <laughs> uh, it's my job, actually. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're free freeloading. We are running without cares through the forest. We're driving naked. without our seatbelts on. Oh, <gasps> that is so dangerous, Daryl. We know you... from Dora the Explorer, you always have to think safety first. Honestly, Daryl, it's like you're not even watching the same show. Dora. Yeah, we've Anyways. been watching a lot of Dora recently. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess to start off with, obviously, Final Fantasy Versus 13 was announced in 2006. Yeah, I was still in, I mean, this is showing how young I am, but uh, I was in high school at the time. Well, probably maybe showing how old I am as well. But um, I remember being in high school and my friend Lauren McFadden being very, very, very excited about it as well um and yeah we were just like oh my god it's a Nomura game i was obsessed with kingdom hearts at the time and um yeah it was just like what is this sick new game that is not actually like a full final fantasy game it's like it's a side game but it's all done by Nomura. like this is so cool so that was my sort of initial initial thought i I was just trying to think. I don't actually remember the announcement. I, I, I don't remember watching I it. I have a feeling that I must have watched it because I cared about E3 at the time. But yeah, it's weird because it was at a time when I really wasn't that interested in Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy XII, as everyone knows <laughs> for me, like it at the time, Final Fantasy XII was a stain on the franchise. Like It yeah. appealed to certain people. The... But, you know, it was so different from all the other previous games we'd had up to that point. To be honest, I didn't even pick it up when it first came out. I yeah. was really excited about it and I followed it in Game Informer, but I didn't I didn't actually go out and get it in the end. I think I think over time things have softened because back back then, um, you know, there were lots of different Final Fantasy communities uh that had their own different websites like way more than there are now mm. there's hardly any anymore most of them kind of congregate on facebook communities twitter and that kind of thing but back then there were there were so many different uh message boards and related to final fantasy and they were all i guess final fantasy 12 had a really uh turbulent development cycle mm. and there were so many changes throughout the process and it was i guess the first time when I started drifting away from things like the community that I've been a big part of. I started disintegr like just dissolving. I didn't really have all a- the boy bands started well, breaking I, up. I didn't. It's like one of those things where you know you you spend a long time in a certain community and then yeah. it, like it kind of falls just apart. And it's like where do you go now? Then you've got to start building up in a new community. But no matter where I went, Final Fantasy twelve, like there was a lot of apathy towards the series at that time. Yeah. And when it came out, I think it was just. I mean, it was the first game since Final Fantasy VIII that I hadn't bought. Um, my friend actually bought it, so I we just played through it together. Mm. And I think, you know, it was... Yeah, I didn't really... It just didn't keep you glued in. No, and then it's, I don't know. It was, I, I don't know if it was because I was anticipating it wasn't going to, and that had a negative impact on my experience to the game. But I think 
I mean, Final Fantasy six, sorry, um, Final Fantasy twelve came out around the announcement time yeah. of thirteen verses. So I don't know. I I guess I would have been paying attention to it, but not not actively. I don't think at no. the time. The only the the most prominent thing I remember. Um, actually, no, I can't have done because when I I was actually looking back because we just did a video and I mentioned about the fact that um, I did an arrangement of Somnus, yeah, which at the time didn't even have a name. And the first time I heard that track was through someone on one of the communities I was on in 2008. They'd done a, a fan arrangement of themselves. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool track. Where's it from? And, oh, it's from the Versus 13 trailer. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so what I, is this? So I, I must not have even been paying attention to it when it was first announced at all. No. And it was only when I um, actually got into the podcast um that i joined uh fxn as it was back then and started i guess learning more about the franchise as a whole as it was um and uh kind of integrating back into the community because i i had actually reset up a final fantasy website but it was actually ironically focused on final fantasy 12 um (laughs) (laughs) don't ask um but yeah we I guess we were focusing on thirteen because that was the big thing. Yeah. But versus thirteen was just a spin-off at that time. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a major title. And uh, back then, like the spin-offs we were getting were like Dirge of Cerberus, which wasn't I mean that great. Yeah, like no one really cared about those kind but of. Games. I didn't really care. Like for me personally, I I wasn't really into tactics. I wasn't into any of the handheld titles. I love. I mean, Tactics Advance. I loved. I yeah. I, I just a- wasn't. I just was. I just didn't really focus on them too much. The only one that I really focused on, which I guess if you could, I don't think it's considered a spinoff, but Kingdom Hearts. That was the only other one, the only other Square Enix title that I was really like adamant about. And I think for me, like I know that you say about 12, but um, which I actually find quite surprising if only because like, well, I mean, story aside, like the gameplay is quite similar to 11, I guess in a way, which I... I didn't play. I wasn't. I, I just was never brave enough to ask my parents if I could play online. And there's been, there was such a um, a thing against being online at that point that I just stayed away from it. So going into twelve for me was just such a weird experience because I've I, never I mean, played I did, an MMO before. That was the game that I was playing mostly at that time, Final Fantasy Eleven, and I think. I did hear rumblings that they thought the 12 was going to be like an offline version of 11, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think it really translated that way. But I think that's, I think 11 was when I became disenfranchised with uh, Final Fantasy. 10 came out after 11, I think. Um, well, in the Well, I mean, I got bought 10 2. I didn't, I never asked for it. I never asked <laughs> I for this. I never asked for this. I mean, like, I, I really loved 10, and um, when Final Fantasy 11 was announced as an online title i was kind of gutted so like i was still i was still interested in final fantasy games but i wasn't nearly as interested yeah, as I, think, I had been i mean 10 2 as well it was a, it was a weird time for me when that came out because 10 2 and kingdom hearts i i got them you around the same really time interested they were both games i i think i got maybe well kingdom hearts it was literally the end boss i didn't even realize it's the end boss i just stopped playing at that point uh and 10 2 i stopped playing is there like a there's a dungeon near the end, isn't there? Where it's kind of well, there's a far plane at the end. Maybe that was it. It was like a place where you could grind really easily. Yeah, 
I just stopped playing there as well, and I I did, I stopped play. I didn't play either of them for a year. You're such I, a quitter, honestly. <laughs> it's not. I just. It's not that they were bad games. I <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I just wasn't interested. Nah, you weren't interested in finishing. Them. I wasn't interested in video games, really. To be honest, I the only games I really played in that year, I think, were like Need for Speed Underground, or mm. um, and I I kind of fell out of it because I guess I was at university then. I didn't really have the money to spend when I went to university I bought a GameCube bought a load of secondhand games for like five pounds yeah and that was my gaming for most of that year yeah I can't even remember what I was sort of into as far as um as far as video games go because I was really busy at that time I was in high school sort of thinking about college and um my extracurricular activities were very very demanding being in theater and marching band so yeah i didn't get to play too many video games most i played probably was like ddr which is how i got my weight down in uh junior year that was uh good that was good for me got me asked out you know all that goodness uh but (laughs) uh yeah no i was probably i was probably pretty much the same I just was so distracted by everything else that I just didn't really get to get hyped about yeah. like Final Fantasy. But with Final Fantasy Versus 13, it was different. With Final Fantasy Versus 13, I was just like, this is actually a game that I think looks really cool. And the trailer was awesome. Like, that initial trailer with Somnus was just gorgeous. And, like, that's the one, that's the one great thing about Nomura is that he knows how to play the hype button. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily because of the people he uses or if it's him himself, but, I mean, his games, they get the hype. They just get it. Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier today, um, the fact that so many, with 13, I mean, back then, obviously, the landscape was very different. They were pushing a female protagonist for the first time, apart from Tentu, obviously, but that massively turned off a lot of the audience. Um, But with lightning a lot of people looked at versus 13 and was just like this game seems a lot more appealing to me yeah i mean you've got like noctis and stella who people believed were going to be really strong characters um the story that they presented between the two was was a really really uh kind of ingrained thing it was you know they had the shakespeare thing going on and i think that there was just a lot more that was appealing about it and it was one of those things where is less was more we never really yeah. heard anything about versus 13 and no. we heard so much about 13 i think when we when i started getting back into the news coverage of it it was stuff coming out like every, daily at some points and i mean we've got it with 15 right now yeah there's so oh they had so much stuff coming out and it it kind of gets just too much at some points obviously like for um people who are just obsessive about it it's it's great but yeah you know at some point it's just like i don't I don't want to know. I mean, we've talked about it recently with with Ravis and being in Kingsglaive. Like, he didn't need to really be there. No. I mean, it was nice. It kind of builds him up a little bit more for me. But I think looking... I don't know, it's weird. Because now now that I've watched it and everything, I'm like, okay, great. Actually, I'm more excited to see him in the game. But I don't know if I'd been more excited to see him in the game if I didn't know anything about him. Like, if he'd still just been that hooded man that no one knew. And then in the game, you find out, oh, it's it's Luna's brother. Wow. Like, he's yeah. a bad guy. This is pretty cool. Yeah. But they just do it all the time. And I, I, and I don't understand why. 
like with 13-2 oh here's every single character that's coming back like just save something I mean they didn't really do it like that's the thing as well it's like they seem to do it with their most with what they think or hope will be the most popular title like Final Fantasy Type 0 they didn't really do it but it did really well like I didn't really see that much on Type 0 when that was originally coming out Obviously, when it was Type-0 HD, we were getting so many freaking trailers for that game. And Far Fantasy uh, 15 episode Dust Guy, we were getting as I mean, well. It kind of used to be quite nice, actually, because um, this is <laughs> it's a massive history lesson for or just uh, reminiscing. But like back when um, I used to run fan sites, probably between like 2004 to 2008, 2009, Western... Square Enix just was oblivious to everything. They had no idea. Like, they didn't really care too much about Final Fantasy. It was very much just a, a Japanese Square Enix thing. Yeah. And so from our perspective, it was great because, um, you know, Western publications, a lot of the stuff they put out is is based on press releases from yeah. companies. And Square Enix North America and Europe would rarely ever give them any information about upcoming Final Fantasy games. But obviously the audience for Final Fantasy in North America and Europe is massive. Yeah. So it was great for us because we, the, the information kind of got drip-fed to us. Like we would get our latest thing from uh, the, an edition of Famitsu or Dengeki Magazine or Jump. Yeah. And like it would be that you know, we would be the first people outside of Japan that would then filter out to the whole of the Western audience that a new character's been announced. Yeah. And I remember, like, with 13 specifically, like, we knew Lightning for the longest time, but we didn't know anyone else in yeah. the game. They didn't announce anyone else for a long time. Yeah. Like, we just had an initial trailer where with Blinded by Light where she's beating some people up, but we didn't have... The first, the next, I think the next announced character was Snow. Yeah. And, like, even... F- he didn't even have a name for a while. He was called Mr. 33 Centimeters <laughs> for a while because his description was he's got large feet. Yeah. And he can carry two people under his arms. Like, <laughs> it was just... It was such a different time. Yeah. Then, like, you know, we'd... If, if someone like Snow was announced, then, like, some of the bigger publications would pick it up. But, I mean, like, GameSpot and IGN, some, like, a lot of the time they didn't cover even big pieces of Final Fantasy news because it just wasn't on their radar no and like that's the thing like with Final Fantasy games the story is such a huge part of the of the game so we don't really want to have the story completely ruined for us and I feel like lately with some of the trailers for Final Fantasy 15 we're getting spoiled and with how much they're publicizing the game we're just constantly just getting this sort of image that we have of the game ruined. I mean, the fact that they went on freaking Conan O'Brien and they showed the most boring parts of the Final Fantasy 15 experience it just epitomizes it. It's I just mean, like it, it's it's a joke essentially. It but is a still. joke, and maybe they were looking for those parts, but it's just like, oh come on! Like honestly, how can you? But even when they did without Conan, like at E3 2016, yeah. where they showed, oh, showed Titan, the Titan fight, just which is getting colla- getting like pounded on again and again and again, and it's just like, come on, guys! Like at least show you know the infiltration, um, uh, the infiltration mission again, or something, something cool like that. I mean, they didn't show that much of it, but I don't know. It's just. 
But I think <sighs> that's part of the reason why Versus 13 was so sought after because Nomura never said anything about it. Like, no, you and might he's get, treating Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah, the very same way. You might get an update once a year for Versus 13. It, yeah. was, it was so weird. I still remember um, because... I mean, initially it started off as a smaller property, but over time it just, it became a thing. Like, yeah. when are we seeing this game? Does it still exist? Like, and because the, there was nothing forthcoming about it, it just mm. kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, one of the, I guess some of the, they they ended up just clutching at straws of things. And yeah. I actually wrote a ranty article about it many years ago, but we went to um, 2009 Tokyo Game Show and, they showed off a Versus 13 segment behind closed doors in their wonderful closed mega theaters that they used to do. And it was just a flipping tech demo where mm. it was like Noctis running around using Lightning's animations in like um, the 13 world. And they had like some facial expressions <laughs> showed in the corner. And I was like, why are you why are you showing this yeah it's nothing yeah like are you that desperate yeah and then you'd get another trailer which had like maybe two seconds of extra stuff but everything else was just compiled from stuff they'd shown previously it was like ah this but then it just led to the whole thing like you'd get a Nomura i think like you know one time i asked katase i think it was 2009 2010 was like when's Thursday 13 coming out and he's like oh no it's still not going to be for another like year or two and it just became this rolling thing where over time especially with the 13 franchise because that just I mean the first game in the franchise a lot of people liked it but you know again it was like 12 it there was a lot of dissenting and it became cool for the media to hate on it and because you know everyone likes to kick people when they're down and oh yeah definitely. you even see it right now with the Conan O'Brien thing like how many news publications have just loved the fact that he didn't like it mm-hmm. like some people were just saying like literally running with the story headline Conan O'Brien hates Final Fantasy 13 or <laughs> hates Final Fantasy 15 yeah and it's like well it's a it's a joke like, yeah it's you know it's <laughs> they, they, they've just love the opportunity to do it like kick it to when it's down with versus 13 that's true. what the release I mean, date thing became what, from what you're saying it is a it is a joke but there's like a hint of truth there because i mean he's been very positive about some of the other games like he is very positive about fallout 4 and that type of stuff ufc like, games he is very very positive about it and um looking at his own butt in his character uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean you know Ugh, that that whole thing just annoyed me, just because one they got Elijah Wood to do it, who the literally only the, only the so they can make one a they wanted to do was just to have a relation to Lord of the Rings. They should have had somebody who at least kind of knew the Final Fantasy series to do it, sort of like actually give some explanation to why the game is the way that it was. And even his advisor was just like, oh, "Yeah, I don't freaking know what you're doing in this game or why." And it's just like, it was just such a wasted opportunity to promote the game. Because, like, I mean, even though it was funny and, like, I enjoyed it, I sort of think from the marketing perspective, this did you absolutely no favors. Well, I mean, you know, it's the whole thing about all publicity is good publicity. I know, but not for Final Fantasy fifteen. I mean, like, honestly, if, you, if you've if you watched that thing and you suddenly mm-hmm. thought, you know what, I'm going to cancel my pre-order now because of that. Well, no, maybe not that, but maybe you wouldn't get it. You just wouldn't. 
you just wouldn't get it whatsoever. Like it wouldn't, it's not good for encouraging new people who want to be, um, yeah, I guess. Come into Final but... Fantasy. I mean, it's such a small thing anyway. It's like, it's, it's Conan O'Brien. I mean, granted, Conan O'Brien is not small, but just saying. It, it, it's not a that... Microsoft expert, no, Microsoft press conference. No, <laughs> no. He's clueless gamer. He's specifically clueless gamer. But they could have had it be a little teensy bit more positive with some. Just, it, it just actually seems happening, yeah. so haphazard and throw together. But anyways, this is completely off topic. But so with me, um, at this time, I wasn't really following that much Final Fantasy news publications. I wasn't really into websites until about 2010 when I joined Kingdom Hearts Union. Um, it wasn't really like, you know, because I was avoiding it or anything. I just, um, I was interested in other things. I was interested in, uh, Gaia Online specifically and, uh, DeviantArt and that type of stuff and Zanga. I, I just really liked the journaling and that sort of things. I didn't really look at news publications, like full stop, which is probably why I'm such an illiterate little person. Um, but once I started getting into, um, doing stuff with Gaming Union and reviewing games, um, I did start paying attention more. And then I eventually got to the point where I was doing news on a regular basis. And um, Final Fantasy was something that I focused a lot on. But, like, yeah, so around this time when Versus 13 was out, I was I was very much um, reliant on uh, friends sort of letting me know what was going on i didn't really watch e3 i knew that it happened but i didn't really watch it i just i just played games i was strictly just a gamer i mean it's it is interesting thinking back because obviously on the podcast we've talked about tabata a lot yeah like way before he became the director of 15 yeah but i can't remember when that started happening maybe it was around type zero i know he because i don't even i didn't even like it didn't even remotely twig to me who directed Crisis Core or anything like that when I played it, or even with like uh, the Kingdom Hearts Cody. Yeah, like, no. I, did, I didn't even care about the no. fact that it was Tabata. One of the first times I started paying attention to Tabata was when, well, with Type Zero. Um, I think it was when he did that. He said something about um, was it Final Fantasy Type Zero? It was one of the games he said should be on PC. I, maybe it was Final Fantasy Fifteen. But somebody just asked him, like, an, a one-off just question, and um, that was when I was just like, oh, okay. Who's, Who's this, this guy? guy? Who is he? And then uh, after sort of hearing more about Type Zero, that's when I was just like, oh, this guy is actually, like, really cool. And, um, I mean, he's done Crisis Core as well, and he seems like a really good director. And uh, then when he got moved over to director in Final Fantasy XV, I was just like, all right, this is cool. I do remember us talking about the fact that, you know, that there's such a small pool of prominent staff members at Square. Yeah, it's pretty and much like, just why, Mora. Why, why doesn't someone like Tabitha get the chance to do something on a larger scale? Because yeah. he's been doing mobile games for so long. Like, why isn't he allowed to join the illustrious alumni? Although, let me just interject. No, Sora, it's not just Nomura. There is Toriyama. There but Toriyama, is but Toriyama had was already part of the group. You know, he yeah. worked on Final Fantasy X. He got the chance to direct. Yeah, he's done a lot. He was doing thirteen 
Whereas, like you know, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of people who work on the smaller games, like the people that direct Christ, uh, Crystal Chronicles and yeah. and the mobile games, and like they never. I mean, like it's only now really that people like Tayasuri uh, are kind of being given more spotlight because. Well, I guess you think about the fact that like Final Fantasy is still very, even though there's been 15 games, it's still a very new series. I mean. It started out with Sakaguchi. Sakaguchi was doing them for a long time. And wasn't it like, which one was it that was this last one? Was that the five? Sakaguchi? Yeah. In terms of director? Yeah. I think it was six. Six. No, there was, there was five. It was five. Ito did six, didn't he? And then he did, he came back to do nine, didn't he? Yeah. Or Ito. Did Ito take over nine? Mm. Or did Sakaguchi just write it? I think he might have just written it. Either way. Um, but like, he was, so as a producer he was and... doing it for a while. So, I mean, the fact that they even, you know, switched it over to Ito for six, like that was, you know, crazy. And then Kataze. Um, and then Kataze. So they like, were just sort of trying to figure it out, weren't they? After Sakaguchi was just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to chill back here. I, I, I don't want to be the director anymore of these games. So it's just been a few years of just, well, not a few years, a, a decade of them like trying to figure themselves out. And I don't think they ever really fully recovered from Sakaguchi's leaving realistically. I think Kitaze was fine. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, really, I mean, really, Kitaze's games are the ones that people they're the best selling of all time. Yeah. Like seven, eight and 10. Yeah. I think Kitaze is amazing. Like, I, I don't care what people say about the best, whether it's Final Fantasy nine or six mm-hmm. in terms of actual influence on the wider gaming industry, sales recognition. Yeah. Kitaze's games are the most successful. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Full stop. It's a shame to me that he also decided to step into a producer role mm-hmm. because I, I'd love to see him, get back in the director's chair and just to because like him with the teams that he was able to craft and the stories in the way he was able to tell them like we just haven't it's just got it's just got lost yeah it has really i wonder why he hasn't yeah it's just lifetime changes isn't it like i guess maybe he didn't it is quite i imagine it's quite stressful i mean also being an executive producer is a much higher position Mm, that's true but yeah, no, it is a, it is a bit of a shame. But yeah, at the moment, like Nomura's sort of the big boy. I know Taiyasui is pretty much taken over Kingdom Hearts, though. Like he's pretty much just he's in two point eight and one point five, two point five. Yeah, and... he's like he's the big dog on Kingdom Hearts. But Nomura still very much has his pot. It's just he's... annoying that he has his hand in literally every yeah. single game that they come out with, and it's just like you know. He's not, he's not the head of the company. Like he's. Well, I mean, technically, he has taken up the new role of creative director of, uh, of everything. So, like, he does have a lot, and a, massive influence, and a lot of the games that have come out that are are like Dissidia, for example, mm. and Theatrhythm, and like well, even World of Final Fantasy. Yeah, they are all Nomura conceptions. They are. So, like, he does bring a lot to the table. It's just that he has strengths and he has weaknesses, like anyone. Yeah. And, like, getting games out on time is not one of his strengths. Nope. But then people would argue that he's a visionary and all this stuff. And I know, but visionaries don't make you money. I I just don't see 
I feel like we've become too Nomura focused, and I just I just wish that we could get over this Nomura business, which is good. So that we which is why with fifteen, it's it's nice that Tabard has been given this chance. Yeah, and I, I really hope that Final Fantasy fifteen. I mean, even if it does do it, doesn't do amazingly well. It does well enough so that Square just give him the chance to whatever he does next to just say this is your game because so far. The only opportunities have with that is Type Zero. Yeah, and, and if we think back to Type Zero, Type Zero is the game where, with everything the franchise has been through up to that point, people were like, "This is a tr- this is the game we this is the game we've been yeah. wanting for years. Import it, bring it over. We don't care. Like it's exactly just, it's a it's the true it's Final Fantasy game. Petitions and just crazy amounts of fans just being like, "Yes, we want this game." And Final Fantasy back to its roots and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, no, I think he deserves he deserves a chance to not sort of be in the shadow because he's always with Final Fantasy fifteen. He's always been in the shadow of this was Nomura's game and he took it. And it's just like, well, no, actually, Square he's Enix had to make the best out of a horrible situation. Square Enix slapped Nomura down and said, "You failed." And well, go away. Well, now, <laughs> nah, maybe that. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know when they made the decision about the Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't know, but Nomura was not happy about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be happy. He got sassed. But then maybe he didn't know the remake was coming, and yeah, possibly someone higher up, whether it's Katase or Hashimoto, decided you can't do three things, mate. Yeah. Like you've got, <laughs> we're not going to let you pick which ones you do. Even though he's still going to be working on everything, including World of Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and Decidia. And Decidia. It's just like, oh my god! It's, I mean, granted, he's. I guess the way that Final Fantasy, or the way that Square Enix sort of presents itself as a Japanese thing, is like primarily him, isn't it? He's he's. He's almost like their marketing thing as well. He's just the style. The style of Square Enix Japan is. Well, I mean, Nomura. right now the the big three people at Square Enix are Tabata, Nomura, and Yoshida. Yeah. But you don't really hear from anyone else that much. No, it's been really quiet. Katase's kind of dropped back because BD One aren't really doing anything at the moment. Toriyama's Tomiyama, been very quiet. Ito has we don't know. Yeah, like, he's in his cave somewhere. Like, a lot of the bigger names have just kind of shelved themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, they're the only... <laughs> Hiding. They're the only three that we really hear from anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, though, because I feel like oh, this whole thing with, like, Final Fantasy fifteen, like, now they're going to freaking open up a, a Jamie Oliver thing. I feel like, a lot of people have been really positive about that, actually. Have they been? Because, yeah. like, I've just, like, oh, my God, just go away. Well, like, just so... give me the game. I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, it's just too too it's much. So too many times. Too everything. And But if you look at it from the other side, um, a lot of people that I saw were just like, well, think about it like this. Uh, when has any video game ever been out of do this kind of thing like it's true they're going into audiences and areas where no one's ever dared to go before it's true and like you like it's their money they can do whatever they want with yeah, it yeah that's very true but like we just I- worry about them we're just <laughs> the concerned parents we're coming in and saying hey maybe you shouldn't spend this much money on a car granted it's a very pretty car it's a lovely car but or, you probably shouldn't or, Maybe you shouldn't spend all that money on an event. 
yeah. to announce a release date that you don't keep. Exactly. That's true too. I mean, you know, you, ha- you, you you're allowed to do whatever you want with your money, Tabata, or marketing team, whichever, or Fuji-san. But we just want you to think more sensibly and, you know, consider... Maybe What's the fans, return on investment of that Jamie Oliver deal? <laughs> maybe fans would be just as happy with just a little chocolate in there. How many people do you think thing. are going to be eating at Jamie Oliver's 15 restaurants? See, look, this is how they've got us. We're talking about it right I now. I know, it's true. Uh, and I they're know, gonna we're be, feeding it. They're we're going to be eating the, the Final Fantasy 15 themed food, and they're going to go, you know what? I really enjoy this steak. I'm going to pre-order the game right now. I know. I'm, I'm buying it right now. Done. Maybe they'll even be a sign-up thing, say, if you order the food, you have the option to pre-order the game at the same time. I think it would have been cooler with, like, a pop-up shop, like, a pop-up, like, or even, like, taking over a gas station. Like, imagine if they took over, like, just a BP or something. And then had one of those Ignis cosplayers cooking food for people. Yeah, yeah, cooked little pastries. Or even that hot dog, Jamie's hot dog stand. Oh, Jamie's hot dog stand, that is delicious. Right. That's Again, probably the one st- Jamie thing stop that advertising. I love. Stop advertising. I know, I'm sorry. But yeah, um, um, but either I way. Think, I think we've pretty much uh, covered everything. from the history of us getting to Final Fantasy 15. Sorry. Through to Lauren ranting about Nomura and us moaning about how much they've talked about things. But irrespective of everything, I, I'm just glad that Final Fantasy 15 is coming out. Yeah, I am too. I don't care how well it does, to be honest. I, I don't have the same kind of vibe i had for 12 and i don't have the same kind of vibe i had for 13 or any of the other 13 games yeah i i have a positive feeling about it and i don't know if that's because even with all of the reporting that we do i've really just tried to distance myself from it yeah like we've had people going like oh why aren't you playing judgment disc and it's like well because i don't want to play judgment disc (laughs) like i just like episode dusk i was fine with there was like no story in there really platinum demo again there was no actual main game but i think after uncovered i was just like i just want to go on lockdown i don't yeah i don't want to watch in the trades because i know for a fact that they're going to spoil this there's going to be stuff in I there know. that's going to be spoilers and like I, even small things like noctis and age and like i just don't i don't want to know i don't care just leave me alone i just want to play the game and i want to just go in blind and just experience the story as nature intended it yeah i don't want external factors (laughs) well yeah i don't i don't want external factors to influence my opinions on characters before i even get into the game because i want the game to tell me whether i should like these characters or not tell me now what are your feelings about idolas right now i think honestly if based on what they've shown so far i just have a feeling he's going to be like emperor gestalt where like arden's going to come in and he's like he's basically going to take over yeah but but like if i just don't i don't like the fact that all this stuff has come out yeah in beforehand yeah like no i agree they just have they just they've they've gone too far again i'd rather it was back when it was where I picked up Final Fantasy VIII from the game store. I knew zero about it. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it was a Final Fantasy game. I was going to like it. And I get the fact that nowadays they have to do all this stuff because there's so many games on the market and it's they have true. to compete. But that's only because they've overstretched themselves because they want They need the more sales. All they literally need to do needed to do was just, just announce the collector's edition from like uh, early on 
and then just maybe do a really big sort of media push right before the game was releasing, I mean, like a, a month before the game was releasing. A, I know it's just a weird situation because 15 is 15. It was announced 10 years ago. Like, there's only so much they can do. But, like, we've talked about it before, but just fold out it. Like, by doing, by doing everything they've done, it just to me, it feels like they've kind of degraded it as a property. Oh, definitely. Whereas Fallout, they're just like, we're not going to announce, talk about anything. Boom, there's a game. It's coming out in like four months. You can get a Pip-Boy. Enjoy. Everyone goes crazy. Yeah. And that game is glitchy as hell. And, but. No one cares. They still love it. No one they cares. They love it. GTA 5. Like, they just. I know. Like, they don't do anything. It's I just. Know. And you can't sit there and say, oh, well, you know. I mean, granted, yeah, they are. They, they're. They're bigger titles, more fans buy them. But maybe that's just because of the mystery. Like, maybe there is a bit of... It's because of the mystery. But granted, we, like, we said this before, and I feel like a broken record, but I mean, like, I appreciate what Tabata's doing with the active time reports and that sort of thing. I think that, you know, they've they've tried it out. I don't think they were... I think they've had some hits and misses with it. I think that they've announced some stuff that they shouldn't have done. They should not, not keep treating it like a politician and keep saying, oh, well, if there's fan demand, oh, well, if there's fan demand, no, you stick to your guns. You say, no, this is what's in it. And I'm not going to tell you what's not in it because I don't even want you thinking about what's not in it. I just want you thinking about what's in it because... But is this in it? No. Is this in it? No. But can you add it? Uh, I don't see why not. It's just like, uh, you're just, you're literally just tailor making this game for me. And I know some people will come back and say to me, as they've said in the past, oh, well, shouldn't fans get the game that they want? Yes. All fans should get the games that they want. All six or however many million of us but who you, all want completely different things. If you think about movies movies you they don't give a crap they will do the movie that they want to do without any fan interaction books there's no fan interaction fred dies in freaking harry potter there's nothing we could have done about that you know like just just treat games the same way why do we have to treat games differently but that's that's my soapbox yeah so that's it yeah it's done. <laughs> Podcast over. Bye, guys. Don't treat games differently. Ah. I know. All right. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you enjoyed our ramblings about stuff. Well, I don't know what the hell's going to happen because I don't know if I will have played Final Fantasy 15 by the time the next podcast comes out because we're actually going to be traveling. Yeah. Uh, we booked the trip before the delay was announced. I know. And, and when the delay was announced, we cried inside. Yeah. So um, it's a weird situation because despite the fact that I've been, yeah, like reporting on this game for probably the best part of eight years, nine years, um, I'm not actually going to get to play on release. It's a shame. Like, it's such just, a shame. It's just so it's weird. It's such a slap in the teeth isn't it uh yeah so um yeah when the next podcast comes out we won't have played the game but we'll there'll be something we can talk about yeah probably how much either people are loving or hating it yeah yeah we could do that <laughs> just trying to avoid spoilers just do though, a third, obviously. we can do a third party reaction podcast yeah <laughs> well hmm there's so and so said this on twitter so and so said that this game is a pile of s hmm that's interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, all right, so music of this episode is actually Final Fantasy 15 related one. As he's a really cool arranger, actually. So he um, it's called Guardian Soul. Uh, I'm sure many of you will have heard of him, but he basically takes music from trailers and like the episode Duskly demo and stuff, and essentially just recreates them. Mm. And it's awesome. It's awesome. So the track that we're playing for this one is is Dawn, his Dawn recreation. He is really, really good, actually. It's pretty much like listening to the original piece. Yeah. But with modifications. Yeah. So yeah, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 6th of December, hopefully, depending on schedules. Uh, we are flying back the weekend we would normally record. So depending on jet lag and our daughter and how jet lag she is, um, and also what the hell's been happening with the game we we will hopefully have an episode out on the 6th it may be the 7th we'll see just we'll see. please be excited i mean if it's if we if i get the chance to play the game before and it makes more sense to release it like a day or two after so we actually can have some impressions i think we would probably go down that route mm. i think yeah that'd be good yeah we'll see we'll see what happens though we'll give our best shot yes all right, but yeah, um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you just search for Final Fantasy. We're pretty much up there or thereabouts, usually number one. Uh, and of course, actually, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, I, we've been talking about it recently, but um, we put up very different content on there. Yes. Hype lists, opinion pieces. Uh, there's usually a lot of sass. Um, a little bit of sass. Also, sarcasm. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, well. Well, I mean, come on. As we said... There's 6 million plus gamers. I've said that I'm estimating 10 million for Final Fantasy 15 lifetime. We all want different things. Some people understand sarcasm. Some people hate sarcasm. Yeah. Some people just don't get sarcasm. Yeah. Some people just don't get us. No. It's sad. But yeah. Uh, be sure to check it out. Um, the channel's actually growing quite a lot recently. And uh, we're going to be just keep pumping stuff out on there when we can. And hopefully you guys enjoy it. The, the the refreshing takes we have on things. Yes. A lot of people think it's very informative. That's because good, as, yeah, I've been working on reporting and following Final Fantasy for many a year. I have lovely anecdotes I can I can bring up. Oh, good. And I have all my pop culture references. Exactly. We're, so, we're, like, it's, we're the we're ultimate super team. Duo. Super duo. All we need is Ali to bring in something. Screams. Yep, screams. <laughs> we have video series planned for her in a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, remember to support us at Patreon if you enjoy what we do. It's patreon.com forward slash union. And with that, we'll uh, hopefully see you in about two weeks, depending on what happens. Bye, guys. See you later. This is Daryl saying goodbye. It's been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>